50 wild monsters were driven into the last stockade, and the big drop gate made of tree trunks lashed together jarred down behind them. Carla Narg, at the word of command, would go into that flaring, trumpeting pandemonium, generally at night when the flicker of the torches made it difficult to judge distances, and, picking out the biggest and wildest tusker of the mob, would hammer him and hustle him into quiet while the men on the backs of the other elephants roped and tied the smaller ones. There was nothing in the way of fighting that Carla Narg, the old wise black snake, did not know, for he had stood up more than once in his time to the charge of the wounded tiger, and, curling up his soft trunk to be out of harm's way, he knocked the springing brute sideways in mid-air with a quick sickle-cut of his head that he had invented all by himself had knocked him over and kneeled upon him with his huge knees till the life went out with a gasp and a howl. And there was only a fluffy striped thing on the ground for Carla Narg to pull by the tail. Yes, said Big Tumai, his driver, the son of Black Tumai, who had taken him to Abyssinia, and grandson of Tumai of the Elephants, who had seen him caught. There is nothing that the Black Snake fears except me. He has seen three generations of us feed him and groom him, and he will live to see four. He is afraid of me also, said little Tumai, standing up to his full height of four feet, with only one rag upon him. He was ten years old, the eldest son of Big Tumai, and according to custom, he would take his father's place on Kalanag's neck when he grew up, and would handle the heavy iron ankus, the elephant goad, that had been worn smooth by his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather. He knew what he was talking of, for he had been born under Kalanag's shadow, had played with the end of his trunk before he could walk, had taken him down to water as soon as he could walk, and Kalanag would no more have dreamed of disobeying his shrill little orders than he would dreamed of killing him on that day when Big Tumai carried the little brown baby under Kalanag's tusks and told him to salute his master that was to be. Yes, said little Tumai, he is afraid of me. And he took long strides up to Kalanag, called him a fat old pig, and made him lift up his feet, one after the other. Wah, said little Tumai, thou art a big elephant, and he wagged his fluffy head, quoting his father. The government may pay for elephants, but they belong to us Mahouts. When thou art old, Kalanag, there will come some rich Raja, and he will buy thee from the government on account of thy size and thy manners, and then thou wilt have nothing to do but carry gold earrings in thy ears, and a gold howder on thy back, and a red cloth covered with gold on thy sides, and walk at the head of the processions of the king. Then I shall sit on thy neck, O Kalanag, with a silver ankus, and men will run before us with golden sticks, crying, Room for the king's elephant! That will be good, Kalanag, but not so good as this hunting in the jungles. Uff! said Big Tumai. Thou art a boy and as wild as a buffalo calf. This running up and down among the hills is not the best government service. I am getting old, and I do not love wild elephants. Give me brick elephant lines, one stall to each elephant, and big stumps to tie them to safely, and flat, broad roads to exercise upon, instead of this come-and-go camping. Aha! The corn-poor barracks were good.' 
There was a bazaar close by and only three hours' work a day. Little Tumai remembered the Cornpore elephant lines and said nothing. He very much preferred the camp life and hated those broad, flat roads with the daily grubbing for grass in the forage reserve and the long hours when there was nothing to do except watch Carla Narg fidgeting in his pickets. What little to my light was to scramble up bridle paths that only an elephant could take, the dip into the valley below, the glimpses of the wild elephants browsing miles away, the rush of the frightened pig and peacock under Karlanag's feet, the blinding warm rains when all the hills and valleys smoked, the beautiful misty mornings when nobody knew where they were camped that night, the steady, cautious drive of the wild elephants and the mad rush and blaze and hullabaloo of last night's drive, when the elephants poured into the stockade like boulders in a landslide, found that they could not get out and flung themselves.